I feel like I'm ruining this for you. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not holding a candle for it in a space. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science of the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. I'm Frida. And we're both fucked. <laughs> and also, this week's episode is on inner space. But no, seriously, me and Abby are <laughs> fucked. We are so tired for various reasons, but we are so adamant that we will stay on schedule. So we're delivering this episode to you. So that we stay on schedule, even though we're so out of it and so stressed and so sleep deprived. But it's saying that I, I had to pull up the intro because I'm so tired. I couldn't remember it. But the intro that I have says I'm Frida. And I nearly said I'm Frida. <laughs> I had to take a second in my brain to say that my name is Abby. It's okay. <laughs> We're because here. you're going off to your conference tomorrow. I'm going your to conference. my conference tomorrow. I was up until so I was trying to get my poster finished, and it's just one of those things where, like, you know, I I was so frustrated because you know when you're like the issue isn't the physics, the issue isn't that I don't have the data, the issue is the visualization of the data. Like I've got the data, but I can't figure out how to plot the thing that I need to plot from the stupid data. That's what my problem was. <laughs> mm. I was like Plot literally the getting angrier and angrier about it. But also because like I had like an original version of the code in MATLAB. And when you plotted it in MATLAB, you can just do this one line of code and it gives you this lovely three-dimensional plot of your two-dimensional data. And it's like, oh, that's nice. That's cool. That's what I want. Trying to figure out how to do that in Python. No, not happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Python. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like did, no. Did like, you do it? No, I didn't get. Yeah, I, I got it. plots, but I didn't get. I didn't get the one that I wanted specifically. Basically, it's something. Uh, what I wanted to do requires me to compress the two D array down into a one D array, and then do this other stuff. But like, you know, when you're also like, you spend so much time and you're on Stack Overflow, and you're just like trolling through all other people's like things and you're just going this is great and you're all you're all giving me ideas this is all great i lo love this for you um not gonna work for me <laughs> this is not <laughs> this is this is not not my vibe um <laughs> best reaction to stack overflow love this for you guys yeah. not gonna work for me unbelievable <laughs> Plotting oh, so, is an art. Seriously, it's like, and, and the thing is, I, in reality, like, I have time to figure all this stuff out. You know, I can work on my data now, now that my algorithm's running and it's working and I'm happy with it. I can now do all of that stuff, but like, the deadline, it was, but there's also, there's a printer's deadline for getting your poster to the printer to get the poster mm. printed for the conference and the flight's on Sunday, so it means it was just, you know, like, ah! So I was up until yeah. four in the morning. I emailed my supervisor oh, and postdoc at 4 a.m. A draft of my poster going, hey, 
can you let me know what you think? I can. I, I have until 2 p.m. to get it to the printers, and I got back up at 6 a.m. and I sat like at my computer waiting for one of them to respond. Also, because you know, just silly things where I was like, I don't know what the size is, I don't know what the font should be, I don't know what the logos are supposed to be. Like, which, which, um, you know, what, what, what funding body's information do I need to put on it? Like, somebody tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is like takes lo loads of time formatting and also doing mm. all the you know the acknowledgements, the funding, the disclosures. This is a non insignificant amount of work. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess you get better over time at um, doing that stuff up front. Yeah, but um, it, this is but, the thing. Yeah, it is done. My first conference in person and actual poster presentation session in my PhD, and I'm ready. Well done. Just so long as I you don't forget it. to bring the poster and the plane. <laughs> well, this is really exciting. And I actually had another paper accepted. Did you? Dude, that's yes. amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And the PhD student I started supervising also did. Mm. Oh my so god, wow. His. And I had review these are all stuff which has been in the mix for like years. And then I got finally reviews back of another paper that has also been in the mix for years. And they're great. They're great positive reviews. I mean it's all very minor. It's gonna be a little bit of work. But a lot of the reviews were like I read this with great interest. Oh. Um and I appreciate how much work was put into it. Or um or uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, review this. And then I was like, mm, early career. These are all people that have just finished. This is the first paper that all those people have yeah. been asked to review. They're so eager. They're so excited. <laughs> they're so complimentary <laughs> towards me. I was like, this, they're like, this is wonderful. This will be great. <laughs> However, a few points, you know, they're most polite reviews I've gotten in a long time. Wow. The reviews from the last paper, the one that was published like at the last episode was a was the snarkiest shit I've ever read in my life. <laughs> These like jaded, miserable academic assholes. But no, these early career researchers are a delight. Yeah, dream. They haven't, yeah, they haven't been destroyed by the system yet. <laughs> They're eager. They're like, wow, my first paper. Um, then another thing that I'm doing is that it's a Jewish festival of Purim on Tuesday. And I, I've been making Raph costumes for yonks. Like, I, yeah. I really get into it. But this year, he wanted to be Doctor Strange. So I was like, great, let's do it. We went to the fabric shop. shop. We found a pattern. I had to adapt it from a man. There was no boy costume for Doctor Strange, just for men, okay? Yeah. And I've been working <laughs> on that, this costume. <laughs> and it's been so involved. It's kind of like cosplay. The mm. standards for Purim aren't like cosplay levels, but this what I, this pattern is is like yeah. cosplay levels it's all linen and it was like a woolen cape and like brocade lining <laughs> anyway i've been deep in like this costume making thing and um and uh, let's get into the movie oh yeah i suppose we should probably talk about that shouldn't we because it's a great it's it's in a space it's it's i didn't write a, i didn't write a summary but i remember it so i'm just gonna like um welcome to the least prepared episode in the history of science of the movies it's gonna go off it's gonna be crazy let's go what is inner space about it's from the 80s was it 1987 okay so get this 
Dennis Quaid plays a guy called Tuck Pendleton, <laughs> which is already hilarious. Now, yeah. Tuck Pendleton is a like alcoholic. Uh, is he? Is he an air pilot? Is he in the Air Force? Is an astronaut? Anyway. He's the only one crazy enough to volunteer for this experiment where he, he's going to be shrunk down 250,000 times smaller than, than his current size and put in a syringe and in a little space pod and injected into a rabbit and just hang out in, in the rabbit. And that is the plan. And a rival science gang um, break in and 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 steal the microchip and the scientist flees with the syringe and runs to a mall and bumps into Martin Short, Jack Putter, <laughs> and injects a Tuck into Jack Putter. And Tuck that's the Jack. setup of the movie. We have Dennis Quaid inside Martin Short, insert a gay joke there, and then um, he <laughs> spends the entire movie in his body uh and the whole thing is that it's 24 hours until the oxygen's gonna run out and so we need meg ryan who's lydia maxwell is going to save the uh, he, well anyways yeah sure hilarity ensues uh, hilarity what? <laughs> okay really? so that's in a space it's a very high concept movie yeah and absolutely. um give me a sec And I'll I'll pass it on to you, Abby. What did you think about Inner Space? Uh, so, um, right. I, I, I love, by the way, stop there for a second. I love when you respond to the question with just like, oh, okay, because then I know. <laughs> I was like, what's coming? <laughs> All right, go and lay it on me. I mean, it's terrible. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> Like, it's so bad. It's not even, it's not even cute and quirky in the way that, you know, or silly and goofy the way that, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is. There, there's, there's no, I just, just so much no. And like, okay, I'll be honest with you. It was a two hour movie. It took me five hours to watch it. I kept pausing it to go and do other things. <laughs> oh shit. Yes, because... I just, oh, you know, it's like there's certain aspects, there's certain parts of it where, okay, I mean, we'll talk about it in a minute. The, the There were bits where I was like, oh, that's cool, or I like that, or whatever. Uh, but for the most part, I, there was moments where I just found it boring, but also it's because they just, you know when you're like, if you just leaned in a bit more, if you just leaned into that a little bit more, you could have made this very funny or very quirky or very cute. But I felt like it took itself really fucking seriously, even though there was a lot of ridiculous shit in it. Frida's face. <laughs> took itself seriously? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but is it, if you want to, isn't taking it seriously leaning into it just like really selling the idea to themselves? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait for details because I, I liked it. I mean, Are I you thought serious? it was really funny. <laughs> I laughed a lot. Like, there were some of the jokes that actually had me, like, guffaw. Like, I was really what? cracking up from some... Uh, yeah, there were some moments which I really started laughing quite loudly. 
Um, oh my god, I'm shocked. And and then there were a lot of it that I was like super sarcastic about, but on the whole. I was really like along for the ride, to be I, perfectly honest. I think I, you're. I, was kind I of think along. you're so exhausted that you have become delirious, <laughs> and you've lost your ability to accurately assess movies. That's that's the only explanation for what's going on here. I thought the concept was funny. It was like this, like movie star hero inside the body of this, not you know, goofy guy and. And I thought that that was a funny concept and that they yeah. both did a really good job. And Martin yeah. Short did a great... Well, we can talk about cast. Let's oh, just can, get yeah. straight into talking right, about okay. the details so I can hear more. I want to flesh okay. out your opinion a bit more. Okay. Let's start with Martin Short as Jack Putter. Yeah. The names are so funny. Um, yeah, Jack Putter. What's your thoughts on uh, Martin Short? Uh, Martin Short is the best thing about this movie. And he's excellent. Oh, for sure. Like he's he's he is excellent. I adore Martin. I, do you know what I think? I just like Martin Short in absolutely every freaking thing that he does. But like, it was so nice to see him. He's so young in this. He's such a little mm. baby. Look at his cute little baby face. He's gorgeous, and he was so nice. And his I liked his character, and I thought he played it really well. And he did his physical comedy really well. And yeah. He was. He yeah, was and his hair wasn't thing. his hair. Hair like, glorious. How amazing! I know. <laughs> he was great. Um, I loved him too. Yeah, he's so funny. There's so many. Yeah. Um, then, I guess this was kind of like his movie. Like you know how Saturday Night Live people sometimes get a movie. Right. I guess this was like his movie. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, Dennis Quaid plays Tuck Pendleton. Like, I can't get over that name. It's like... So... (laughs) (laughs) It's such a fake, made-up name, you know what I mean? It's like, wait, wait, wait. It's It's such a, like... It's just a uh, fake name. Inner Space, 1987. Let me just check something. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it came out the year after Top Gun. I was just going to say, it's like a fake, it's a fake Tom Cruise name for sure. It's like Tom Cruise coming up with it. If you imagine Tom Cruise like smoking weed and coming up with fake names, he'd be like, Tuck Pendleton. Yeah, that's so good. That's so strong. I'd be like, so strong. Yeah. I'd be like, so brave. Tuck Pendleton. And they're like, oh, Tuck Pendleton. <laughs> That's what the name sounds like to me. <laughs> oh, okay, so but what do you think about his performance? Like, it was fine. I felt like it was very, very, like it was very over the top in terms of like the aggression of that character. And I think maybe that's just I just didn't like that. I mean, I've, I have many thoughts to say about him and and mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and all that. So I don't know if you want me to say it now or wait a bit. I've got the end of the episode, a lot of thoughts about that. Okay, um, cool. So maybe then we we'll, can have we'll a rant come back then. to that then. We, we, we're both he on the same page here. He was a little bit here, like, this is why Dennis Quaid never like took off as like a, as, as like the guy for this kind of thing, because he's too much Jack Nicholson injection into the role. Yes. Like, there's, 
Yes. He's like the leading man, but he's just like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, it's if everything cool was with... just so fucking much. And it was so was like, just like, I mean. Rabbits. I was like, I, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like the fucking testosterone is just like vibrating off you. Like, can you just chill out, please? You don't need to be this on going through the lab and like kissing one lady and then like taking a polaroid with the other lady what what was that scene (laughs) i was like and then and then she has to look like she's like oh well i'm so pleased he chose me to kiss i was like fuck off right now (laughs) yeah and also the fact that i can't get the vibe of this guy because there's this whole scene in the front where it's like oh you guys are yeah what happened whatever it is what was that? What and then happened? Suddenly, so, Why is he the yeah, washout? Then, what, like, what? He's the washout and he's all crazy and then he's trying to, whatever. And then suddenly he's the hero. Yeah. For this very small lab group, maybe, who are impressed that he's happy to do it. Yeah, maybe anyway, if he ran into those guys, Meg- they'd still be like, fuck off, dick. <laughs> let's move on to Meg Ryan, who plays Lydia Maxwell, who is like a journalist. Yeah. I- She's a journalist. I actually really liked her. Well, of course. Yeah, I mean it's Meg Ryan. But it's Meg Ryan. How could you not? But it's also but also like I liked her character. Like I actually I didn't think she was too I mean, I have thoughts on it, which we'll talk about in a while. The whole relationship thing, but in terms of I, I felt like she was, you know, she wasn't too much of a um well, I don't know, maybe I'll take that back. I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's go next. Oh wait, do you not have anything to say about Meg Ryan? Oh, uh, my my thoughts. Well, yeah, I just I just love Meg Ryan. I love okay. Meg Ryan so much. She's so beautiful, and she, she is has, so she's beautiful. She's just got that amazing fine line where she's so sexy, but not too sexy that she can't be like a wholesome leading lady. She's just yeah. perfect like that. She's she's super sexy in the movies, but you know it, it, it's always like just enough and not too much. So that she can really carry off this, like, woman yeah. that... Uh, look, I, I'm being extremely sexist right now, but I'm just saying there is yeah. a Madonna Hawk complex. <laughs> There's a Madonna Hawk complex. I didn't come up with it. The movies really <laughs> take that concept and ride, and she really makes the line. She's she's like, she's convincingly the woman that you want to mother, mother children and get married to, but she's so sexy. Yeah. No, I, I agree Amazing. with that. I feel the same way. <laughs> we know... We know who the whore was, Wendy. <laughs> Wendy was actually my personal favourite. I think Wendy was the best character in the whole thing. Wendy is just like the whore. It was uh, yeah, crazy. We- Wendy just... was great. <laughs> Wendy was Wendy Charles and I was like, who is she? She is so funny. Um, <laughs> then we have Robert Picardo is the cowboy, who's so random. I can't even how random that character is. I literally was like, so I was watching it, as I said, I started at like four o'clock and like James was at work in London and he got home and I was still watching it um, at like about eight o'clock and then he sat down and he watched some of it with me and Robert Picardo came on. I was like, there was a moment where I just went, who is that guy? He's just so like, whatever. And like the incredulity in his voice of that's Robert Picardo. And I was like, there's just, I don't know. I, there's two things about it, right? First off, 
initially he just does not look like Robert Picardo at all whatsoever. So it's like, what is happening here? Who is this person? And I don't understand how in this movie in the 80s, he looks older than Robert Picardo looks now. I was like, I don't get it. What's going on? Honestly, I just thought it was really wild. And then, oh, I've never heard Robert Picardo do an actual... Um, I don't know where the cowboy was supposed to be accent? from. But yeah, I've never heard Robert Picardo do an actual accent that wasn't American or British. <laughs> I was like, what is happening here? The whole character vibe I actually for don't know who this is. Oh, he's from Star Trek. Oh, you see, I don't know who he is to you. Who is he to you? He's from the Wonder Years. The dad? no, so he no, the is coach? the doctor. He's the doctor in Star Trek Voyager, and he's American, but he's putting on a German accent because he's like this cowboy loving German, German guy. So I was he German. He, I I mean, I assumed he was being some sort of either Spanish or Mexican. Oh, well, I don't know what he was, but he just loved cowboys, was the thing. You know what I mean? Like, he was yeah. obsessed with it, and it was so funny. Like, he gave some of the funniest lines, I thought. Um, and But but I call, I'm just going to jump to this, because if 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 I may, the I call it face in. We have face off. We know about face off. Yeah. Robert Picardo gives us face in. Yes. Now, in face in, he plays... He plays... Wait, wait. Martin Short, with his face, putting on a fake accent, which is different than the accent that he was pretending to have. So in the beginning, he's putting on an accent, which is a fake real accent. And then later on, when he's Martin Short with his face on, he's putting on a fake, fake accent. So it's a fake accent, but it's also Martin Short having a fake accent. Oh, yeah. Do you get it? I get it. I get it. So he has a good accent and then he has a bad accent because it's, he's supposed to be Martin Short trying to put on an accent. <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's no voice changes. Like it's all, he, he makes the, all the voices with his face, but that's face in. No way. Really didn't but, take off. But he doesn't do the mark. Like they just dubbed over Martin Short, right? No. No, they definitely. He does it all. You- Maybe not. I read. I read that he didn't, but I didn't. I didn't cross reference it. I just took it to be true that he did all his own voice acting. I look. I'll cite it. I'll cite it in the show notes. Okay. Okay. Where I got that information okay. from. Okay. But he did all his own voice acting. But I have to say, face in doesn't have the same ring as face off. No. That's why. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Who's next is the Doctor Kanker. This these names these names. Doctor Kanker. This like horny science evil science lady who makes these people up what the fuck but she's played by fiona lewis thoughts it was just so weird okay i've got like the only thing i have to say oh my god no like there's a whole thing with them that we could talk about later maybe but there's there's one scene with her that is hilarious right and it's when they first break in and they're all wearing the masks did you catch this they're wearing the masks and then she goes to take her mask off and obviously there's all this hair because she has all this hair right so the hair is in the mask but the mask obviously doesn't just contain so they do this thing where she goes to take the mask off but then they cut to it where she very clearly was never wearing a mask and she's just shaking out her long hair 
and it's supposed to be like the the tumbling she's a woman thing <laughs> it's just it's such a weird cut and edit where you're just like there's no way all that hair fit inside that fucking mask what are you talking about <laughs> don't try to bring me on this so yeah that's that's kind of all so i funny. had to say that's so funny because Roger Ebert, I saw Siskel and Ebert's review and they liked it, but one of the, they, what Ebert was like, I wish the editing was better. Ah, <laughs> I wish, I wish it was a bit, a bit more seamless. Yeah. So that's a good, good catch. Um, and then I have two more. Kevin McCarthy is Victor Eugene Scrimshaw, another crazy name. Uh, I don't have any thoughts about that. Do you? No. And then the last person is Mr. Igo. This is a, one of those things. It's like, why does his name be Mr. Igo? Why do they all get normal names? And then the guy with the finger guns has a weird name. Mr. <laughs> Igo, played by Vernon Wells. Crazy character. Crazy. When he was in the snipping like suit with the snipping hands, which reminded me of Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. The look on his face, well, like, he was just He like, had <laughs> no emotion. And, and, like, there was a moment as well where I think he was supposed to be like, oh, no, and his face was just still the exact same. And you were just like, what is happening? This is so creepy and weird. So weird. All right, that's that's all the cast things I have listed. Do you have any more to add to cast? Um, no. Oh, I did. I did mean to say, and I never met. I never said it. Was that uh, you know one of those moments where you kind of didn't realize how much of a hottie Dennis Quaid was, though. Mm-hmm. Not saying he's not a hottie now, but like, um, you know, he was a very attractive young man. Oh yeah, he's hot. Yeah, but it's like there's a B-grade element to him. Oh, <laughs> that sounds really mean. <laughs> I think it's because he had this sort of weird Jack Nicholson vibe happening yeah. the whole time that I couldn't really buy it. Yeah, it's just okay, kind of, um, yeah. But parts you want to highlight, I don't know if they're called the best parts, but I just yeah, have good jokes that I like. I've got loads best. of okay, best loads parts. of stuff, I've got but I, loads yeah, of I, wouldn't, stuff. I wouldn't say they're best. But. Hit me. <laughs> All right. Um... No, my first <laughs> the the fact that he has this robot arm in it, like the fact that they were trying to make it, it was it was kind of like it was trying to be the the Pee Wee Harmon house, the um, Doc Brown house vibe, where he had these gadgets oh, in yeah. his house, and he's got like this robot arm to pour his vodka for him. Was just like, why, why, what is what is this? I, I don't understand the it, point it, of it, this. What like it's tropey. that's what I mean by lean in. I'm like. They had it, and it was just like it was a bit shit, but it was acting like, "Oh, look how amazing this is!" And it's like, "But it's not amazing because we've seen better, so make it better." But also, what what were they trying to communicate? Because it was shit. Obviously, they poured the vodka everywhere. Yeah, he's like, a pilot. I didn't know he made shit. What was his job again? Yeah, exactly. Was what this was his like, job? Was it supposed to show that he had some, or were they, were they just really into wanting to have robot arms everywhere? <laughs> well i don't know what his actual job was now that i think about it and he was a pilot why they needed yeah like so why did he why was he making shit it doesn't doesn't make any sense because he didn't why is need, a pilot he didn't need any of those skills when we had the whole thing happen so that's why it's confusing because it's like oh if it ends up then being like oh there's something wrong with the robotic arm and he has to figure it out or he has to tell martin short how to fix the robotic arm because he knows all about robotic arms great but it, it 
was, it never came into the story. So it was just like a thing that was like this. Why? Why is this a thing? All right. Well, I'll give you one because I I laughed out loud like a maniac when 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 the scientist falls and is captured caught by the penguin, and then all the other furry things go. That he's caught by a big penguin and then this big chipmunk and all these furries from the mall lean in slowly to catch him and they're like, well, catch him. Don't let him fall to the floor. And his, filled, his point of view is just all these furries surrounding him. That I was in stitches. That was so funny. <laughs> all right, give me another Because well, all of their costumes are just a little bit shit. Yeah, no, I thought it was so funny because everything in the mall is always a little bit shit. Malls are fucked and B grade as well. Okay, you go. I feel like Give I'm me. ruining this for you. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, okay, wait. Sorry, we talked about that. I'm not holding a candle for inner space. <laughs> I think you are. Oh, there was like this really weird shot where it was like, you know, they're doing the, the setup and it was this whole thing about the um the launch of the ship, right? So they're setting up the ship to then to run in there like what's whatever centrifuge, whatever, and make him t- make him teeny tiny and they're getting all the setup and he has to climb up on like a like a just one of those old school proper A frame ladders to get into it or something. And like that's fine, but I love how when they're doing the actual starting the run up, they had to have some guy in the shot carrying the A-frame ladder away from the ship. <laughs> it was just, I don't know why, but I was just looking at it. And I was just like, why did you have to have that shot? Why did you really feel the need to have carrying the A-frame ladder away? Because like, <laughs> it kind of ruins the vibe of what you're supposed to be showing technology-wise here. But you know. But then, good, but good pick. my my other thing about it then as well was like it continued on, right? And when you think about this realistically, you're like, surely you've tested this, like surely you have tested this in some way before you put a live human man in there. In which case, you know that when it does its boomy thing, it for some reason blows out all this light and air, right? So why would you have a lot of loose paper everywhere in your lab? sorry i'm getting ahead of myself here you can do it's amazing no my next best bit was wendy packing groceries it just made me laugh because it was funny um and the whole conversation uh give me another one uh the entire scene of chasing ozzy the entire scene the absolute madness of that scene from when he runs out of the lab and then he's running and then and then the dude is chasing him in the car, but he's running down the lane thing and then he jumps over the fence and you're like, listen, we know that that actor is not doing that jump. Like, and, and I don't mean that like it, it's, oh, it's a stuntman, whatever. Like we know that character is not doing that fucking jump. So he like flips <laughs> over the fence, he flips back up and he runs and then the guy and then he goes up through the thing and then he runs through and he finds a bike, but then he's still somehow able to like cycle faster than the speeding car in the bike and then it just goes on and on and it's so long of him running from the guy and then when we finally get to the mall and you do the whole thing in the mall but there's that moment which is the most glorious moment ever is like we've gone through all of this you've got this freaking somehow 
stunt like master athlete scientist who's running away from scary weird creepy dude and then out of nowhere we get a finger gun we get the glove he just goes <laughs> finger what the fuck i was literally like finger gun and then the finger gun went further than that because the finger gun became bionic hand what it was glorious <laughs> well okay well my best bits really pale in comparison because my next one was the whole sequence where he starts to hear the voice in martin short yeah. that's when he really starts to emerge as the star of the movie when he's going what <laughs> who me in in the in the in the elevator who me and then yeah. sitting there and, he, and the fact that they set him up to be a little bit of a guy that worries about his health is so funny yeah. because then he's like oh my god what's this and then of course he stands up in the waiting room and says i'm possessed <laughs> and then cut to the doctor the doctor goes i think we can rule out demonic possession um i thought that whole sequence was so enjoyable i hope I, you agree no i do i do agree i do i actually i actually really like the interactions between jack and the doctor they're very entertaining because like the doctor's not he's not like frustrated dismissive he it, it's like he's it's like he's enjoying the the challenge of jack mm, he's the yeah the loveliest most patient doctor yeah. in the world um all right give me something else well like the other thing that i had to talk about i think you said we'll talk about a bit later because it's more just to do with the okay. relationship and stuff so so. i'll just run through yeah I'll run through the rest of my list, which is the when he drinks the, the alcohol, Jack does, and he says Oklahoma Taya, <laughs> and I just feel like an idiot that I just repeated that, but it was funny. It was funny to me. Okay, next. All right. Um, the no, cowboy, can we talk about that? Uh, that actually, the whole okay, alcohol yeah. thing, the whole that yeah, it go goes on. down, and then he puts out like a little hand thing out of his little machine with a flask to catch the. It was really weird. <laughs> It's really weird. I need a little bit of alcohol. It was so weird. I was it like, was really I'm weird. sure biologically this doesn't work. I don't know how to describe it. I also feel for sure that it's really gross. <laughs> like it's just... He was just catching it below the esophagus, I suppose. And okay. then he... I, 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 the thing that surprised me is that he has so much... Like, it's not vacuum air-locked, you know, all good... Um, <laughs> the car, and that comes later on. It's not airlocked because it, yeah, that, that that pops up later for for the for Mister Igo. But another scene that I absolutely loved was the car truck chase. Is him in the back of the the refrigerator truck? Oh, and by yes. the way, she she puts the stethoscope and goes. He has hi- hyperthermia. Hyperthermia is when you're too hot, first of all, and the, and you can't you can't diagnose it with a stethoscope. You have to get the fucking core body temperature. So that was weird. But anyway, um, <laughs> when he's sitting in the back of the re- the refrigerated truck, and um, if, if Jack's speaking to him, he's like doing all this military like speaking to him thing, and then he's like the doors open. Come on, Jack, you can do it. And he runs and he flings the door open, and then he just flings into empty space because it's moving i don't know what they thought would happen but anyway and it's the physical comedy of martin short trying to trying to jump to 
just hanging off the door and then trying to jump on as Meg Ryan is rolling up in the red car and sliding on the shit in the dash shield and like there's nothing elegant about it it's completely clumsy and so hilarious and then he just ends up dumping into the chair like a sack of potatoes and the whole sequence is so good and you know like it's just one of those 80s things right because you know they didn't have CGI it was just all stuntmen yeah. It was like, we're going to get this truck and we're going to get this Porsche and it's going to be silly and we're going to make it like comedy as well as like cool. And I was like, wow, I miss this stuff so much. He was like, John, if, if that was Jean-Claude Van Damme, he would have done splits, you know, and the whole thing, right? Yeah. But he doesn't have the elegance of Jean-Claude Van Damme. He doesn't have the heartthrob elegance of Jean-Claude Van Damme, the king of all space time. He's Martin Short. And so it was just hilarious. It's... um. Sorry, one sec. I need to check something. Can't remember. Don Connor. Don Connor. Cosmo Brown. That's what it is. It's very Cosmo Brown. Uh, It's very, it's old school, old school Hollywood physical comedy. Um, So there's the whole sequence in the Singing in the Rain movie. And it's Cosmo Brown plays Don, um, no, Cosmo Brown is the character. Don O'Connor is the um, Donald. Don, yeah, the actor. But yeah, but it's the whole make him laugh, make him laugh, and that's Don't that's a riff that on da, 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 da. on oh, yeah. be a clown, yeah. which is um, the Gene Kelly Judy Carland song from the Pirate. That's what it is. Be a clown, be a clown. Uh, they basically redid the song. But the whole point, sorry, was that like in movie making, it's it's just all about that. But the whole physical way that um, Don O'Connor plays that entire scene is something that like very few actors can kind of replicate. And I feel like Martin Short is one of them, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. He makes his face into total rubber and he does things. He hurts himself in ways. It's like real stunts, but hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's so good. Um, I love that song. So, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up was the club. When they go to the club, the whole scene I thought was bloody hilarious, especially when they run into Wendy. And Wendy says this, I don't believe it, Jack. Like, this is so exciting. Like, how long have you been leading this double life? (laughs) The way she says it to him. It's like double oh life God. of what? Going to a club? It's uh, that's how that's and how completely. Out Safeway. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is so exciting! Like, oh man, it was so. She good. also has that um, line where she says, "You're the only person at Safeway that I haven't slept with," and you're the only one that I'm somewhat attracted to. Yeah. Mm. Um. Okay. So when when so the cowboy takes Meg Ryan home, and then Jack busts in. And uh, goes goes into the room, and the cowboy is standing there in his like glitter underpants, and he says, "Hey, Jack, don't knock, just come." <laughs> it's absurd beyond absurd. Um, and then there's two other things: the tiny hands, the tiny people, and the tiny hands I, in the back of the. I can't. Car. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Leave it. So the, all the, the the evil scientists all get shrunk 50%. No, leave it. All... Okay, fine. Sorry. Leave it. All right, fine. The last thing, the last line was when it says, eat me, drink me. Yeah. 
And then, and then Jack is trying to remember what movie is that from, and he says, "The Exorcist." No, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> okay, that's enough of oh that. My oh my god, god. that was a lot of stuff. Sorry, okay, I, let's. Be, I know we need to get into other stuff, but I just want to check something. Have you seen Only Murders in the Building? No. You need to watch it. No. It's okay. Martin Short and Steve Martin. Like, it's fucking know, amazing. With a young person. With Selena okay, Gomez, so, um, who is also fantastic. Good for her, man. She's cool. Okay, oh, next, so um, we're going to talk about themes, but we're skipping over themes because <laughs> we're skipping over themes. <laughs> no, no. Okay, tropes. Wild Madras section, trope of the week. Oh, no. Um, I've already said Have you got any everything. tropes? <laughs> Oh no! I guess I I forgot to section it out into tropes, so I just randomly talked, and now I'm like, oh shit, where what were all my That's things? That's all, right. all my tropes. tropes. No, so I, I do. Have much okay. Science. No, I have I have tropes, but like it's like I don't know I don't know if you want me to bring it up now or not, but it's it's the entire thing of the relationship. Yeah, that was kind of my trope too, ish. Yeah, I wrote happily so- ever after. Oh my god, right? So there's two things about it. Okay, so first off, there's the um like the the whole bit at the start where he's drunk and she has to kind of she's trying to leave him and he's like, "Oh, but you love me." And blah 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 and it's like, "Oh, he's a clearly a terrible fucking person, but he's just so charming that she can't possibly resist." And it's like, "Be strong, Lydia. Be fucking strong." But this idea then that they 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 bring it all the way through and it's so obvious the whole way through that Jack is a better person. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, but but, but it's not like her two options on the whole planet are these. Two no, guys. no, I know. But like, what I'm saying is like when when they're trying one. what I'm saying when they're trying to make it this like this love triangle thing. What they what they do is they make it that like Jack is the goofy kid, and he's falling for her, and she's seeing the good in him. But instead of it being kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe I could do better than Tucker. uh, It becomes this thing of like she sees the good in Tucker through Jack. And then Jack is supposed to be seen as the the weird best friend who's always going to be in love with the wife at the end. Like literally even the way she kisses him at the end after the wedding, you know, it's like. What the fuck? That was like he's he's now the third wheel for life. It's yeah. like they're married and he's the third wheel and he's smiling this like psychopathic smile where he's like, keep smiling, keep smiling. This is totally fine. I'm not allowed. Like it's the yeah. whole thing is fucked. And then the whole thing that at the end, after everything, they get married and you're just like, why, why, why men who do the absolute bare minimum winning in the end? Like that's what my trope is. Okay, but these are, are these are those are tropes. That, the yeah. trope, the trope of life of men, yeah, yeah, like just men, just this... men being abusive, harassing, and um, being. Um, but all they have to uh, do is be a little bit charming, women, harassing women, abusing women, and then you yeah. end up getting married in church or in the priest and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If you just, <clears> if you're just you a little bit a charming, it's fine, and it doesn't matter if there's another the the guy who like has actual respect and is like don't don't be don't let him treat you like that don't let him like that it's like no because he's a little bit goofy he's not charming and attractive like the other guy all so right but i would friend. call that the trope 
Okay, so th this all sounds really great. My trope is happily ever after is a movie trope because it's been a long time since we had movies that ended up... Da, 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 da. It's like, that is so tropey. It's like you get married and then that's it. That's the end. That's happily ever after because we don't do that in movies anymore because now we're like, that isn't the end. That's not life. <laughs> Have you been married? That's not the end. But anyway, it's like the 80s giving us an ending like with church bells is so fucking tropey. <laughs> but I miss those 80s wedding dresses. It's always nice to see a wedding dress in, in a movie. <laughs> I'm really excited to lose it. Okay, but I have another trope, which is fake repairmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fake repairmen. Um, and and uh, like they were so clearly not repairmen. Um, and I just want to say there's another note. The rival lab gang going in there in the repairman outfit was giving me huge denominator vibes, Abby. Huge denominator vibes. Never been kissed. The denominators coming into the prom. Yes. With their suits, with their outfits. Science gang. Matching jumpsuits. I was like, denominator vibes. Yeah. Bringing it. Love this for you guys. Yeah. You're totally bringing <laughs> denominator vibes. Uh, all right, that's it. Wait, okay, I have one other some... thing okay. I just realized. Oh, trope, my go. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I have two things, actually, now that I realize it. Uh, as if AI would be that good. Like, that, that the AI was yeah. able to find it, like, that the, the machine was able to find its way through the physiology of the human instead of the rabbit. Like, that that was just... Oh, it's learning. It's adapting. Sure. It's learning. Um, yeah, and then the, the pyrometer... I oh, yeah. I noticed that specifically for you, the pyrometer. I paused. I went back. I saw the pyrometer. <laughs> I was too tired to pause and go back. I was like, Ugh, I'm on a schedule. Um, okay, let's. I've got two uh, topics of science, but I'm like, I'm so tired now. The first one is more of a discussion, and I want to bring it up, and maybe we can explore it in a different one. But the hypochondria that we see in the doctor addresses the doctor is like. He implies pretty heavily that he's benefiting financially from Jack's health anxiety, that Jack has a lot of health anxiety and comes to the doctor, pays the doctor a lot of money. The doctor's like, dude, this is the cornerstone of my whole practice. Yeah. Um, and he's really patient and really nice. And, um, and then it's all really funny because we can poke fun at the fact that he's a hypochondriac and uh, he actually has something going on that no one will ever believe. And it just feeds really well into the narrative about him being a hypochondriac. Uh, although they believe him pretty quickly. Like, anyway. yeah. um, but I just wanted to bring up, because this is something I've found really interesting lately, somatic symptoms, somatic disorders, which are now getting the, the word functional neurological disorders, which basically means someone who's experiencing what would be neurological symptoms, pain, tiredness, paralysis or seizures or anything like that but there seems to be no physiological cause nothing in any blood work or imaging or anything like that um that this person that would cause that and um off yeah and this is uh, yeah it's a real thing and i heard some statistics recently on how common this is but do you know what i'm talking about do you know anyone that experiences health anxiety like that or actually experiences like i'm in so much pain but like there's no cause for the pain and it's somatic or whatever do you do you know any do you know what i'm talking about i do i feel like it's me 
No, I don't, I don't, I don't to that level, but I've definitely noticed more and more recently that, uh, my stress and anxiety levels to do with like pressure and work and all that kind of stuff. Um, even just to do with just like financial stability and, and just trying to survive in the world can lead to me having physical symptoms you know like like well, physical exhaustion sure. uh physical pain in my body not 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 pain mm. to the level of like but like you know aches and stuff where you just kind of feel like you carry everything you start to carry all of that stress and you start and i think it's more because you just start to like tense and and you kind of you're physically so tense that you're um it starts to affect you and then you're not sleeping so it affects you Mm. And yeah, I do. I fully, I fully believe that stress and anxiety can lead to physical symptoms uh, that affect, you know, just how you're fucking surviving in the world and stuff. But I've never, I don't know anything about it when, when you go to like the level of people thinking that they have specific illnesses. Mm. Yeah, well, I think definitely. I mean, I mean, I've had a quite a stressful week emotionally and the result is sort of I get I get I do get very tired. You know, when when there's something emotionally weighing on me, I get physically tired. I always have, always have. And yeah, I, I think they're, they're, it can snowball a little bit because, you know, this and also just holding yourself in tension and not taking deep breaths and not taking care of yourself. And, uh, you know, all of that stuff is sure, like there's no question about it. I guess what I'm talking about more is people with chronic pain and chronic fatigue. Right. OK. Um, those sorts of things. Um, but 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 I think I do we know talk people with chronic personal... pain and chronic fatigue. Yeah, we we yeah. do talk about our own sort of personal experiences as people with scientific minds that we are we know we ha have critical thought. We're not stupid. We experience the world and we can say yes. Yeah, so like when things are emotionally really difficult, it clearly manifests in physical ways. It's not magic. It's it, it's sensible. It makes sense. Um, um, but I guess it's actually become, and I heard some crazy statistics, but if we talk about people that have chronic pain or people that go to the doctor again and again and insist on tests, they have such health anxiety that even something which is normal and doesn't really, like, for example, ear popping, there's a word for that. Like sometimes your ears pop a lot, right? Yeah. And it's very common. It actually, it actually doesn't. Uh, it's not a problem. It's fine. There's a lot of things, by the way, in any healthy human that are constantly going wrong, constantly in repair, right? Yeah. We're always in repair. Sure, right? Things happen and there's no reason. And um, your body repairs stuff all the time. But if you have that health anxiety, then all of those things become like this mounting evidence that something's really wrong with you, yeah. right? And you experience that with a lot of anxiety. So you might be going to the doctor and you're so dissatisfied with the answers from the doctor, right? And the doctor's looking at you going that there's a lot of anxiety happening here. And maybe what you need is like a mental health care as, as you know, it's very, very delicate. But what what the thing is it's so difficult for people to understand how to manage it right uh how to not call someone hypochondriac how to not call someone a nuisance um but the word now that kind of covers that is called a functional neurological disorder where it's like a phrase which is a lot less they ha it hasn't got anything like somatic in it where it's like um you know, in, inferring that it's in your head or you're making or you're faking. It's got a functional neurological disorder. So functionally, you are presenting all of these things, although we cannot find any evidence of that, you know, in a scan. 
but um and so that's just a word i want to put out there and maybe in another movie we can have more mm. of a deep dive when there's more information because this is really starting to become a field of research functional neurological disorders okay. listen to these statistics about the the healthcare utilization of people with fnd like the way jack and what i mean is jack putter uses healthcare he goes to the doctor in australia and in the uk we have welfare system that is not out of pocket that is something that the state is covering right so there is an actual cost to taxpayers um for all our medical care is covered by tax right mm -hmm. now if you imagine somebody who has somatic symptoms or a functional neurological disorder utilizing a lot of health care and actually ends up having quite a burden on the state literally yeah right like someone's utilizing someone wants scans blood tests more scans the amount of brain scans that a lot of these people want one after the other is astounding right and those things cost a lot of money um there here are the statistics so ms is the sixth most i think it's the sixth most common neurological disorder after alzheimer's parkinson's epilepsy um stroke yeah and then ms so people with fnd are the, their healthcare utilization in the country in australia is on par with the ms community wow and when you think about that you think about the ms community like needing um, adaptations to the house and all that kind of stuff too because it's serious disability so there are people that have such um such extreme functional neurological disorders that they're wheelchair bound and who can pays for that wheelchair that's covered by a disability scheme and all that sorts of thing yeah um fascinating stuff here's more this is crazy statistics that i heard out of one hospital in new south wales did this study where they measured the amount of people coming into the hospital for certain symptoms now, for all the people that came into the emergency department with stomach pain, half were experiencing somatic symptoms. Wow. Half of all people that came in this span that this study was taken with a, a severe abdominal pain to turn up there that my stomach is hurting, half of them would be categorized as functional neurological disorder or, you know, Jack kind of person. I've got another statistic. This is uh, this is crazy too. Now, PNES is called like paraclysmic or paroxysmic, I don't know the word, non-epileptic seizure. Unfortunately, the, it is penis. That mm. is the acronym. It's very unfortunate. <laughs> but penis is when you have seizures that aren't epileptic. And in the same hospital that they were looking at this abdominal pain, people that were being treated as outpatient for penis... So repeated seizures, half were FND. People that were having seizures, wow, with which can be categorized as those sorts of people where there's clearly there's the symptoms, but surrounding the symptoms is health, anxiety, and stress, and surrounding that is a lot of childhood trauma and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, but the, that is the extent of the issue so and i just think it's interesting it fascinates me beyond little else at the moment i it so i i find it really interesting as well i i think it's i just as you were talking i was just trying to think about like how how i feel about like what the causes are and 
it seems a little bit like maybe it comes down to sorry something did come into my head and then it flitted right out again but do you think that like there's an aspect of a lack of health education that can be an issue as well because like what you were talking about earlier you know all these little things that people like the the ear popping thing and stuff like that like I think the problem is on one end of the scale we can say like oh this is perfectly normal but when we don't talk about things that are really normal for our bodies like when you don't learn those things as you're growing up as you're a teenager as you become a young adult when you don't learn about what kinds of changes your body will go through as you get older and things that you can expect so things that will seem very normal it means that when something happens that is abnormal to your everyday existence maybe you do then get to a point where you're kind of like is this symptom of something else and then when you try to look it up yourself because that's what the problem is now we have the internet so you can self-diagnose so you go and you look it up because you're like oh i don't need to go to the doctor so i'll look this up and then the the list that you get becomes this whole like um list of things that could be oh my god it when you have those things happen and when you don't know what it is if you're the type of person then who is as you said who has like health anxiety I can see how it can lead to like, I have to go to the doctor, do you know? And you're just like, because of whatever way the symptoms are laid out when you like, when they're looking, even when the people in the hospital, even when the, the administrators who are organizing your appointments, they're looking at those symptoms and they're like, okay, well we have to refer you to these things. And I guess it's maybe we need to understand better the, the difference between yes, these things could be symptoms of something greater, but the, potential for that is so small but we do have to still check and look mm. does that yeah, make sense um, i think it's yeah you bring up so many points um with the doc doctors order tests too too readily and that costs quite a lot of money you know they, they're over eager with ordering blood tests and shit by the way you know and and doctors learn, need to learn how to manage this stuff too they think it's easier to do a test just do a test rule something out rule something out right and that helps everybody be like okay so it isn't cancer even though probably never was but i right, know the hospital that we were at they sort of ha started reporting how, how, how much uh, it was actually costing for the amount of blood tests that doctors were ordering yeah. and it creates anxiety and it gives people this feeling of like oh you know that 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 um, I should have come or it was good to come or I'm validated somehow in this anxiety. And I think doctors do actually need to be better at managing people's anxiety, possibly with a bit more training. Um, yeah. It isn't such a bad idea, but it is very complex. And uh, answer your first question about being more educated. I think it would help literally if you're a doctor or you are very close to a doctor. But I think that if you don't have that particular education of medicine, then you don't always have enough information. You can be just so smart and so sensible like us are, but we aren't doctors. So we don't really know all of that stuff. Doctors have so much information. And yeah. it really is true that like, if you look hard enough, you will find stuff wrong at any given time. I, I, yeah. So I think that's the thing. And I think you're right. Like just weird stuff will happen and it doesn't just cause it's weird. Doesn't necessarily mean it's, um, like it's symptomatic of something really really bad but i always i always thought that and i and i don't know if this is a is a good or a bad solution but in my mind i feel like actually making people do like an annual checkup do you know what i mean like just going for just a general annual checkup would that in some ways reduce the amount of people constantly going to the doctor 
Yeah, that that's 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 not that's a separate thing. I want to wrap this conversation up, but that is a separate topic. And I, I, I my perspective is when something's wrong, it really is wrong, right? And then sometimes you do miss shit. But also, if your doctor has ordered a test, go don't don't be lazy following up because I had a friend with uterine cancer, and the symptoms of that is enormous amount of blood loss, right? Mm. And she was busy. She was busy, and she didn't follow up, and it was cancer. But she, her bleeding was so, it was so extreme. She just happened to be very busy that it took her a while to follow up. And by the time it, it was in the lymph nodes, you know, and the doctor didn't raise enough of an alarm sort of pushing her to go. But anyway, I wanted to say that that, that is different to people that have functional neurological disorder, that they have, there are, there is mental health issues. There is childhood trauma. There is stuff that's surrounding their health anxiety and right. they are really experiencing pain. Like they are yeah. in pain. Okay. They either have the fatigue that affects them. It has a cost. And, and it's like, what is this? What are these people experiencing? What's the cause? I don't know. Nobody knows. But it's a real thing. And it's, it's so fascinating to me. And, I, and I, my point, I guess, with all of this is we, so you're laughing at people, calling them hypochondriacs, making them silly in the movie, making a gag out of it. I want to be part of this consciousness of like that is not the yeah. way that we're going to deal with that particular problem is by calling someone hypochondriac i think there needs to be awareness i yeah. do think we should become more educated for sure but also education about what surrounds that kind of symptoms and what that means and um i'm curious to see where the science will, will go by the way cool um okay now let's i want to kind of wrap it up because i'm so tired and um i um I'm at the risk of developing FND myself at this point. And so let's go on to the, what the, the science of the movie, because I don't have loads to say, but, you know, it was so accurate. The photos, I feel like this whole movie, the big thing about this movie is that they photographed the inside of the human body and it was very accurate. Oh, they were cool. very careful to make sure that, yes, to make sure that they got it all right. The photos are wonderfully accurate and really beautiful, some of them. And so I thought I'd highlight a few things so that we can see how much effort they did go into to make sure that it really was accurate. Okay. Inside the body. I loved being in the body. I actually have a weird thing about not liking to think that I have a body and that it has stuff on the inside. It's always horrified me. As soon as I learned about anatomy when I was in grade four, I remember I was so disgusted by it. <laughs> and I've always been kind of repulsed. But I found this very therapeutic Um and just going in the body and being like, wow, isn't it amazing? So the path that he takes to the optic nerve when he gets in there, it's correct. That's oh. how he gets to the optic nerve. He names all the, the place that he'd go in order to avoid the, avoid the heart. He'd go down the vena cava. And so that means he would go against the flow of blood, which he does. He goes into the blood flow and he's, it's, all the blood cells are rushing and he has to go against the flow of blood. So even that detail, the direction that he would go That's to the cool. optic nerve to avoid the heart is correct. Um, and then when he gets into the blood, we can talk about scale because he's about as big as a blood cell in that first bit. Right. You see the blood cells. And so that's about seven micron. So he's shrunk 250,000 times smaller. However, when he arrives at the, at the eye, you know that image where he's inside the eye and you can see the blood vessels yeah you see blood vessels so a second before he was inside the blood vessels as big as a as a blood cell now he's staring at an entire blood vessel so he's about 
he's like millimeters now that he jumped from being <laughs> microns to millimeters. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's this amazing image behind the eye and, and um, he fires the optic sensor into the sclera and then into the retina because then it will receive the light, which is accurate, which is okay, which makes sense. That makes sense. But the funny thing that isn't true is that when he fires it into the sclera and Martin Short starts yelling out in pain. Right. Now, the other side of that is the cornea, and that is one of the most sensitive parts of the body. It has a lot of pain receptors. But interestingly, the sclera doesn't have any or many pain receptors, actually. Okay. There's none. So I'm just saying he wouldn't be in pain. Right. He wouldn't feel it. Who cares? Martin. Um, Martin overdoing it. <laughs> everybody else in this movie is so reserved. <laughs> anyway, he goes into the ER and he attaches to the cochlear nerve. Okay. Which is also, like from the images, the images are very accurate. He goes to the cochlear nerve, which is what, which is, also makes sense. It would take sound that's coming in and convert it to electrical well that's what the cochlear nerve does right oh yeah okay. take sound converts it to electrical signals into the brain and that's what when you put a you put the cochlear implant there that's what it does it converts the sound to electrical signals and then the, and the last thing i wanted to point out was the stomach is so accurate too they even get yeah, the the top of the stomach is this thing which do you know how our stomach stretches? I don't know if you've ever ex ever eaten anything and then your stomach grows. <laughs> no, never. So the inside of the stomach that has all these like folds. It has a lot of surface area, all these folds so that they can like stretch out cool. and grow bigger. And they even got all that wow. detail. Oh, that's cool. They, it is really cool. And then they had the stomach acid, which was pretty potent. But the stomach acid, do you know what it does? What it's there for? It's there to kill all the bacteria and all this crap that yeah. we might be ingesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought it was just to to make everything into soup. But <laughs> now I know that it's to kill anything that you ingest that you shouldn't. Yeah. So, yeah, that's sick. I mean, that makes sense that people over-report food poisoning is what I think. <laughs> you know, our stomach does have acid to take care of that shit. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Um, okay, so that's like I don't really want to. I'm so tired. Can we stop? Yes, we can. We can. That's okay. okay. Cool. Okay. All for right, anyone who's listening and anyone who's upset about the miniaturized thing, listen. We've already done um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and our next Marvel movie, when we finally get back to Marvel, will be Ant Man. So <laughs> we can talk about the whole shrinking shit then. <laughs> well, we've talked about we have talked I mean, um ad nauseum about where you would take the empty air from and how would it work and da, da, da. but ant-man i'm sure we're going to get even another angle so yeah but also like i mean the the shrinking part of this isn't really like it's just it's not it's there's no real science here there's nothing there's nothing in this really to so i think i think we're good i think you're okay <laughs> Commencing molecular isolation and displacement. That's pretty much all we get. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go. Let, let's go. What the fuck? Play okay. music. What the? What the? What the? Just checking my list. 
I have one, and then I and then I just have a bunch. But we've mentioned some. But yeah, what? Um, yeah, we've mentioned your, a bunch fuck? of mine as well already. But I've got one, two, three, four. I've got one. Five, I guess I've mentioned it. Six, yeah, I'm gonna go first. Seven. Um, what? I, after my one, really? Sorry, yeah, I have a lot. Okay, All right, I'll, I'm just gonna do mine and then you do yeah. yours. Okay. okay. Tuck telling Jack to talk over Lydia. Tuck instructing Jack to, to like don't let her speak. Uh. That was what the fuck. <laughs> but also the vibrator. I must not have been paying attention. There was a vibrator. Oh my god, there's a joke. There's it's blocked very well, basically, Dr. Kanker and and the Mr. Igo. Hmm. These names, I can't get over it. <laughs> she is sitting on the bed, like looking all ready, and he removes a one finger and then he replaces it with something which you can't see exactly what it is. And then off in front, you know, as he's blocking it, you hear the vi- vibrating. And then you, he ma- and she makes a very excited face. And it's about five seconds. And that, yeah. I totally missed that. I totally missed it. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Um, and then after under wait, that, I wrote wait, Rival speak- Lab Group breaking wait, in the whole movie. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I just want to, because you said about the it, 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 the hook hand guy. Yeah. Yeah, just, it, so if he's got that, because one of mine was just that he's got a corkscrew attachment. <laughs> Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, so he took off the corkscrew. I think he opened the wine. Oh, so is that what happened? I saw and the attached a vibrator. Then, oh, damn it. Okay, I was not paying enough attention to that scene. <laughs> That's the idea. Okay. When can you miss it? That's for the adults. Okay. Um... Yeah, no, no, after that I just wrote Vibrator Joke, Rival Lab Group Breaking In, the whole movie, and then Jack Happily Ever, Happily Ever After as the third wheel was my what the fucks. <laughs> yes. But I'm um, keen to hear. Because also yeah. on that, on the on the Happily Ever After thing, uh, one of mine was like, how long was the time period between, like, like how much time passed between the, the end he comes out of the thing and then they get married? Do you know what I mean? Like there's, the, so they come out, right? And uh, Jack is clearly now his best man, right? That's obviously what that was. They come out of the wedding. Jack is the best man. So you think, oh, cool. Some time has passed and they're now like best buddies and and he's probably dating Wendy and everything's great. (laughs) It's just like, no, he's clearly still in love with her. She's clearly still not showing that she's pregnant. Um, The the mini guys are still mini and (laughs) like... It's just such a weird fucking whole it's scenario where you're just like, what? That fetus. It literally was a week later. Was, <laughs> it was eight or nine weeks, that fetus. So she probably had seven weeks. Okay, cool. So so that's when they got married right. and, and like that. And obviously like, you know, him him being trapped inside a man for a little while is was enough to, uh, to solidify their relationship, fix all the problems and get married. Cool. I know. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll sit back and listen to you. Oh, what the fuck? Okay, so uh, just the whole altering face thing. Just the whole, <laughs> the whole. Uh, uh, I'm going to uh, electronic stimulation of facial muscles. 
that, that by doing an electronic stimulation of facial muscles, Martin Short becomes Robert Picardo. Sure. Why fucking not? <laughs> Just like, I'm not talking about the actual action of the scene and the face acting of both of those characters. Only. I'm talking about the actual science idea that you could do that. Um, did you see their futuristic lab coats? Do you know the way we had like normal no. science and then we had rival science gang. So normal science gang was like the hokey old school lab. Everything's everyone's in their lab coats. There's shit everywhere, wires everywhere, paper everywhere. And then the, the rival evil gang had this very white clean room thing and all of their lab coats were, they didn't have lab coats. They had white outfits that had like those, you know, Judy yeah. and the Jetsons freaking um, things on their sleeves to make them look a little bit shiny and futuristic. Uh, how was the lobster claw guy gonna dock with the ship to get the chip inside the body? I don't know. Because he just started busting up I the ship know. then. He wasn't trying to retrieve a chip. He was just trying to tear the place apart. He was going to lose that chip in the body somewhere and then not be able to find it. It was stupid. What an idiot. Mr. Igor, or whatever his name was. Um, I don't know. The, the skeletonized version of him in the stomach acid. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I left that out. Oh my god, that was gross. No airlock, Jesus. Just the whole, oh my god, stop. it was just like, just the whole thing is like, it's like a, an old school pirate movie or something, you know, like some skeleton under the water and you're like, oh, it's in his stomach, that's so gross. Uh, the sneeze at the end, the fact that they, he was like, make me sneeze so he can sneeze out the guy, but nobody thought, oh, let's make sure that we've got something for you to sneeze into. So it was just pure dumb luck that that guy was wearing glasses and that the tiny ship managed to land on the dude's glasses. Come on. Oh, oh come on are oh, you and then, just asking too much and then the last the last last the last last we have to talk about is the 50% size people people <laughs> so so they did it right so they did it in the machine and then they didn't show us them so I was like cool that's gonna be it they're not gonna show us them we're totally fine like it's just a silly little side gag we'll let that go and then they were in the back of the car and that whole fucking scene. I was like, no, they better show us the 50% people because if they don't, I will scream. And with their tiny hands, with their tiny hands, what, there's something so funny about tiny hands. I don't know what it is. What's funny about tiny hands? It's so funny to me. And they oh my do, God, that was so the funny. The way that they did the shots where they were trying to do it, like where they're, they're like, they're, this is a shot from behind the seat and it's like, Martin Short fighting with the back of the guy who's clearly a doll, like on the in the steering wheel. And there's like the proportions so are all bad. weird, and it's like they're they're small, but then they're bigger, but then they're tiny on the seat, and then it's just like it was uh, just the fact that it was those two characters as well, like evil scientist lady, and they're still, still in their white outfit. It was just so fucking weird. And then in the suitcase, I wonder. I don't think they were just scale in the suitcase. They were too I small. Don't, yeah, probably all good. Not. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was so funny to me, the tiny people. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's wrap it up. Um, does it pass the here comes... Do you have anything else? No. Does it pass the here comes the, uh, the, here, uh, the Sam's test? No. No, it doesn't pass the Sam's test. It's that fucking just harasses the shit out of her. And then they don't even get back together. They just immediately get married. Yeah. Like, okay, if you have, like, a revival of your passion, like, just wait maybe, like, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
they just abuse the shit out of Lydia and um, then she's married. Okay. Um, and this this head lab evil bitch sort of sex obsessed yeah. lady, like that's people's idea of like, okay, female scientist um, in the 80s, yeah. um, obviously crazy. Um, uh, all right, doesn't pass it, here comes the science. No, but I feel better about it now that you told like the whole the inside of the body thing. Like that stuff's definitely mm. more. Um, it, there's more yeah. there than I than I thought. Yeah, it basically this movie was trying to do this cool thing where they take you inside the body and they like, make sure everything was accurate. So it was they weren't really focusing on the science of miniaturizing. Yeah, they were really, really the movie was like but, really keen to be like show you inside the body. And but then on that note, I wish they had done more inside the body. I agree more i would yeah just it was so interesting uh all right let's rate it fuck it's two for me oh i was gonna say two the inside the body yeah the yeah. inside the body and martin short is great it could even get more but um you know what they got me on a bad day so fuck them yeah all right and next we already know because it's ant-man no it's not next yeah what's next awaken it oh wait no we did awakenings Ant-Man? jesus christ Next is a good science movie, sweetie. <laughs> We're going to take Atma for that. Oh. <laughs> I, I... We're doing Arrival. Okay, so next. Oh, We're doing oh, Arrival. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this will be a delight. Yes. <laughs> We're doing Arrival next, guys. We're doing Arrival. This was our batshit. We're back. We're going to, yeah. what do we call it? Cleanse my soul. Yeah. <laughs> with Arrival. Okay, we need, We want more reviews. I got, I got re- addicted to the re- three reviews we got in a week, and now I just need more yeah. for my fix. So please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. And um, we can follow us on TikTok at Science of the Movie and Instagram at Science of the Movies. And we love you. Can we go now? I'm so tired. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye.